Chapter 1. Misfortune. November 1902. Derbyshire, England. Swathed in a black veil, Lillian sat alone in the back of the church as the funeral service unfolded. As young Jessamine Foster made her way up the aisle alone afterward, pale and forlorn, the older woman's heart bled. When the girl passed by, her gaze seemed to linger on Lillian's face, despite the netting meant to obscure her features. Startled, Lillian averted her eyes and bowed her head, as if in prayerful serenity. Underneath it all, however, her emotions were in a raging tumult. Never before had she regretted the decision she'd made regarding the girl. Until now. Had circumstances been different, she would have whisked Jessamine away from Derbyshire, brought her back to London and given her the world. Even at age fifteen, the girl showed signs of great beauty and good breeding. But then, how could she not? Once Jessamine made her debut in three years, she'd very likely make a splendid marriage. Any connection with Lillian would spoil her chances. Moments later, Jessamine's uncle, Thackeray Foster, followed his niece from the church, his sober expression reflecting the solemnity of the occasion. Next came Thackeray's wife, Rachel, and daughter Charlotte, who appeared to be about Jessamine's age. Certainly the Fosters would look after Jessamine now, and make sure her launch into society was well managed. The thought was more comforting than Lillian could express, and she sent up a genuine prayer of thanksgiving. She had more than prayer to offer going forward, however. She would be the girl's silent benefactor. The poor child would want for nothing, and be comforted in the knowledge she had someone who cared about her well-being, even if circumstances forced said sponsor to keep her distance forevermore. After attending the double funeral for Jessie and Minerva Foster, Black-clad, pensive mourners poured into Brookings Manor for the wake. Occasionally, mourners would glance at Jessamine, shake their heads and whisper, Orphaned at such a tender age, poor girl, such a sad, sad occasion. Numb, Jessamine scarcely heard their comments or condolences, although she forced herself to nod and express gratitude, like her parents would have wished. Fortunately, the staff did an impeccable job serving her guests, so she didn't have to worry about playing hostess. Mrs Foster seemed to warm to the task, however, although her high-handed manner with the servants had begun to set Jessamine's teeth on edge. Cousin Charlotte, apparently, had gone straight to her room after the carriage returned home from the internment, since she was nowhere to be seen. Jessamine wasn't offended in the least. In fact, she considered her cousin's absence a bright spot in an otherwise horrid day. After the last guest had departed, the family attorney remained behind. Miss Foster, I understand how difficult this must be, but I must speak with you about the estate. Weary and heartsick, Jessamine shook her head. Can't this wait a little while, Mr Abernathy? A few days at least. I'm afraid not. I've asked your uncle to meet us in the library. Having little choice in the matter, she followed the attorney into the library where she and her father had spent many a pleasant hour together. Thackeray Foster stood with his back toward the tall fireplace, where a blazing fire lent a bit of cheer. In small ways, she'd observed her uncle was quite like her father. In the essentials, however, they couldn't have been more different. Jessamine sank onto a sofa and tried to listen as Mr Abernathy explained her financial situation. 
but his words seemed to be coming at her from a great distance. After his meaning finally sank into her brain, her grief turned to shock. Papa's entire estate is entailed away from me. Abernathy gave her a sorrowful glance. I'm afraid so. Except for your parents' clothes and personal items, Brookings Manor and everything in it now belongs to Thackeray Foster. She glanced at her uncle to gauge his reaction. The man didn't show any signs of surprise at the news, so she guessed the attorney had already apprised him of his good fortune. Still, she had difficulty believing her ears. Surely Papa made some provision for my future? Forgive me for being so blunt, sir, but as his attorney, didn't you advise him he wouldn't live forever?'